You're listening to highlights from an episode from the creative process. To listen to the full interview or hear more about the creative process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. I guess the part that's like our thing is the method or the process that Renee was describing. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that the constraint, the framework that we try to put on what we're doing, it includes the, the idea that for this time, let's not map everything out and try and realize like a vision that one person has but to put people together as Renee was saying and have something else kind of emerge that's a product of everybody that's involved but you know you just said this that's so interesting we have I believe that our the longevity longevity of our dancers is a little bit longer just a little bit longer because we do when we're making new work we we whole movement from our dancers Mm -hmm. so if you you don't have a super bendy back Mm -hmm. we're not gonna use anything that has that you would need to do a super bendy back bend in Mm -hmm. um, because that would hurt you we're not gonna force somebody's hips to turn out if they don't turn out we're not gonna like ask them to you know touch their toe to their head backwards or do anything that isn't natural to their bodies Um, because they won't be able to feel it. Like then it becomes about the shape and not about the experience. Yeah, no. That's not to say that we don't have other choreography that we're asking the dancers to learn. Sure. Classics and things like that that you're going to be. Um, and there, it's not to say that there aren't overuse injuries as well, sure. because there is a lot of lifting and that our injuries are usually different than your typical dancers' injuries. They're usually shoulder injuries, oh, okay. back injuries, neck injuries. Knee injuries are very common all over, no matter what you're doing, because the knee is the most fallible joint in your body. <laughs> it's like the worst thing. I don't know why we were put together like that. But, um, so it, it, it is also that once you're in this family, once you start working with us and dancing with us, even if you don't tour full time, which can be grueling on your psyche as well as your body, it's not what you do on stage that is grueling. It's the travel, the sitting on planes, the being away from your family. Like all of that can get wearing. Yeah, I do want to talk about like a few things like the, the performances I did. So it wasn't too long ago. The day three, there's some specific pieces, but I don't want to forget to speak about because you um, collaborated with some names like Simon Taylor, um, Spiegelman, I guess uh, Maurice Sendak. Please speak about some of those because also you're growing through those collaborations and there are artists and other. just be still and let me tell you 
I was so happy to hear him say that because we ask for the dancers to use stillness mm-hmm. as, a, you know, it can be a very powerful thing, stillness, yeah. in comparison to movement. And so to hear that and then to watch the dancers understand the power of that stillness and when to use it most powerfully and watching that journey and they came out the other side not only teaching him the power of movement but learning from if if two choreographers collaborate mm-hmm. that can be very rewarding for the choreographers who might have really different approaches and their styles can look really different but to 90% of the world they look like just dance they look the same but when you work with someone who's really outside of your genre then they're coming at it from such a different place that it's I think more likely for us as directors to take a different kind of approach or be asked a question that we thought was just a given and we get to challenge those givens in uh, their world Um, yeah the MIT robotics was interesting because you know they're dealing with storms and how to move robots and make computers think algorithms you're for also involved not with making dancers think together exactly yeah. so it, it tied together but from such a different starting point you know but the problem that we were trying to solve and that we continue to try to solve are pretty much the same how do you get people to think how do you get things and people to think so we were talking about i i would like to go a little bit into it and it's quite hard because you said you're doing it like kind of in the group as you're doing choreography but do you personally and I know some people like do sketches or something there's an alone time or is you know how does that work for you or maybe for Matt it's different I don't know we work together I think our process is very similar Mm -hmm. to each other Um, and it all has to do with us talking a lot to people Mm -hmm. to each other to other people um, to people even outside the organization Mm -hmm. um, about what we could possibly make Um, what the structure might be. How can we make that structure more interesting? How can we do something that we've never done before with the structure? Um, How can we tell a story that we haven't told before? How can we um, use music that is a little bit more surprising? How can we just, you know, just do something that's different? Talking about you've collaborated with these, you know, geniuses in different disciplines. We should also talk about some of the other musicians. But then on the other level, you have these, you know, student workshops where you bring, or, or adult workshops where you bring inexperienced people have no experience of dance yeah I mean our umbrella projects are like a perfect example of that where we invite people to into this experience where they don't have any movement experience and we're asking them to make something Mm -hmm. our workshops you know I wish Emily was here she was just here and she could speak so eloquently about this stuff is she there she's right there yeah maybe she'll come over she's our education and community outreach manager Uh and um you know, teaching and workshopping and, you know, our summer workshops are all extremely important and um, part of the mission of what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us are extremely passionate about mm-hmm. getting a group of people together, regardless of their movement experience, mm-hmm. and having them move together and use language as a movement. I mean, <laughs> movement as a language mm-hmm. to express something yeah. and we do we have three summer workshops that we do 
each year on top of all the master classes and children's workshops and weekend workshops that we do. Um, our summer workshops consist of um, three different weeks. We're just starting to talk, Emily just approached, and we're starting to talk about the workshop. Mm -hmm. And I thought we'd call you over so that you could describe. I started talking about the summer workshops and the different weeks and what you're sort of trying to do with each week. Yeah, so to talk about Connecting with Balance, it's a program for, um, well, really anybody who wants to work on balance. It tends to be, we do it at senior centers and community centers, so it tends to be people 55 and up, who, who it's on their mind a little bit more, but we tried to work with not only um, like connecting with your body, which sometimes you, if you don't have a practice like Tai Chi or yoga or something you've been doing, you might have you know, feel a little disconnected, so moving and warming up, but also working on that, you know, balance of standing, moving around while keeping balance, and then also interacting with other people, because everything that we do is about, like, how do you work together with somebody else? And that might be going across the floor connected by hands, it might be supporting someone in, in a, a, a simple game of like switching from side to side um, and then also like all of our classes there's there's some kind of creation that happens you know some interactiveness with your partner even if it's about what kind of balance pose are we gonna take and share with everybody and let everybody try um, we also do classes for people who are um, you know people with different special needs depending on the place that we go so there's um, an organization in Orlando we work with every year that's an after-school program for kids with autism and other um, uh, maybe intellectual differences and we do programs specifically designed to work for the people that are there we've worked with um, school for the blind um, we've worked with people with um, limited physical mobility um, and uh, we try to really just like we're making our pieces we try to really create something for the people who are in the room and have them create you know create a space that they can create and make something no matter what uh, differences they may have than just like a typical dance student that you might think about this interview was conducted by mia funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students the associate interviews producer on this podcast was Elizabeth Peck. Assignment editor is Sorella Lark. Digital media coordinator is Camille Montanillo. Wintertime was composed by Nicholas Andolis and performed by the Anthenian Trio.